Welcome to Otherworld. What you're about to hear is just a preview of a full Patreon episode. If you want to hear the full thing, you can do so at patreon.com slash otherworld. In this episode, I talk to Diana Walsh Pasolka. She's a religious studies professor at UNC and the author of the book American Cosmic. During her academic research into Catholic history, she began making note of all the strange phenomena being described in these religious texts. Flying objects, orbs, levitation, all sorts of things that you've probably heard come up on this show. And at some point, her research took a turn and she dove headfirst into the world of UFO research. Her book, American Cosmic, documents this journey. And what sets it off is that she meets this guy who she refers to as Tyler, who's a very powerful aerospace millionaire guy that uses extrasensory powers to invent technology. And on top of that, he is a UFO researcher. And he takes her to what he says is a crash site located in the New Mexico desert where they recover artifacts. I know that's a lot, which is exactly why I wanted to talk to her and hear more about it myself. This episode is part of an ongoing series I'm doing on Patreon, where I interview people with a very wide range of beliefs on the UFO phenomenon. The last episode was with Chris Wiley of The New Yorker, who is definitely on the more skeptical side of things. But in this episode, we're going a little bit deeper into the belief department with Diana Walsh Pasolka. If you want to hear more, you can listen to the full episode by signing up at patreon.com slash otherworld. I, I, this is going to open up a rabbit hole, but in your book, American Cosmic, you beat this guy that you call Tyler. And he's like, yes, he sounds like, uh, you know, a very interesting guy. He's like this rich tech dude who is a genius and he has this crazy health routine. And basically, um, you know, he believes that he has these like extrasensory abilities that he uses to receive information and invent things. Right. And yes, he sounds almost like a uh, a new age Tony Stark type guy um yeah you meet this guy in real life and like he yeah. takes you places this, uh, is this this happened yeah. like it sounds yes. it was it was so yeah i mean it was like unbelievable to me even now it's unbelievable um but yes this is ab- absolutely the case and um i was really suspicious of this guy so yeah. he was a you know, he's he's with the Space Force and he was with the Space Shuttle program during the whole time the program was going. And he, he would help launch uh, rockets and satellites. He would help launch satellites. He's a mission controller. And he had various jobs and he was really important and, and still is to these programs. And so he, he had got in touch with me. I didn't seek him out. And when, you know, somebody approaches you who's like that, you're like, okay, what's you know, what is this, you know, there's got to be some kind of 
catch, right? Like, I just don't trust it. I'm suspicious. Yeah. So it, it took me about a year and a half to actually meet him in person. So we had correspondence for a while. And then um, he was going to be in Atlanta and there was a big conference for religious studies professors in Atlanta. And I, and my friend, Jeff Kripal, he's, he's at Rice University. By the way, he's really interesting. You should have him on your show. Okay, he I'll really focuses on the paranormal. Yeah, he's really... Oh, he did a whole history of... Um, of uh, Tony Stark of that kind of stuff of uh, you know the um, comics and everything like yeah. that and Stan Lee and everything and it's totally paranormal by the way the whole history of the of that is totally you need to read it it's called mutants and mystics hmm. it's a it's a history of that okay? okay so anyway that was off topic um, but so I asked Jeff to meet this guy with me his name Jeff Kripal and I say can you meet this guy with me um, I don't trust trust him really you know but i'm intrigued by what he does and so we did we met and um he took us out to lunch at the ritz <laughs> it was really spectacular um i had warned jeff be be on guard you know but the guy was so incredibly uh charismatic that jeff ends up inviting him to his house in houston to meet his wife and kids and stuff and and so um so I start to work with this guy because he's legit. He's legit doing this stuff. And this is what I'm working on. So it makes sense. And then he says that he'd like to take me out to New Mexico to a crash retrieval site. Right. And this is a long time ago. This is, you know, um, 2016. Right. And it's 2016, 2017. And I thought it was crazy. Um, but again, you know, it's, it's my job was at, to study this. So I thought well, you know, he's he's offering to take me to this place. I don't believe in it, but I'll go. But I'll take a friend of mine who is a professor. Now that pro that man is out um, as uh, who he is. So in the book, they use pseudonyms. But the professor is Gary Nolan at Stanford University. And he went with me to the to the New Mexico site. And Tyler, um, I call him Tyler after Tyler Durden from Fight Club, because mm -hmm. he re literally reminded me of of him. Um, you know, just kind of someone who, who can't possibly exist, mm -hmm. <laughs> right? Mm. But there he is. Mm. And um, so we go out there and Tyler has said to me, I know that you don't believe and I want to take you to a place where there's physical evidence so you can actually believe. And so I, I went and we had to be blindfolded actually to go out to this place. Um, so we got blindfolded. We went out there. Uh, we did find these parts, um, alleged crash, you know, flying saucers from the 1940s um the place was was really interesting so i observed that there was a lot of rubble everywhere it looked like um i actually didn't know what it looked like it was um it was rust colored rubble and tyler noticed that i was looking at it and he said do you know what that is and i said no and he said this is after the crash sites and after the government got all that they needed to get they wanted to put a lot of tin cans out there so that people couldn't come out with their metal detectors and find stuff so that so over the years the the cans disintegrated into this rubble hmm. and yeah so that's what he had told me so i placed that in the book and my editor at the time um she said it doesn't make any sense diana we need to take this out and i said but this is literally what i saw out there and she said no no but why would the u.s government do that she was a disbeliever as well so we were, I, I, mean, like, I said listen yeah go for, i don't want to interrupt I mean, you but I, I i thought the same thing when i was reading the book like i'm just gonna be honest like and 
granted, there is always like cognitive dissonance at play, right? Like where it's yes, I I'm supposed to believe in this stuff, but then when I read somebody else's, I'm like, really? But with the cans, yeah. I was like, even me, I'm like, well, if they went to the trouble to find the cans, why didn't they clean up their mess? You know? But I guess if there was parts like no, really no, they can... that's what that's what they wanted. They wanted to dissuade people from finding anything out there that they may have left behind. Got I it. guess. I mean, yeah. that's the that you know, because I wanted to know why it was out there, and so she thought we should leave it out. But honestly, I'm so glad I kept it in because now that the you know, I told her, I said I can't leave out data. Like we don't have to believe him, but we need to put it in there. And she said, okay. So that's how we did it. And at the time, you know, obviously I was like. Uh, you know, just taking notes. Um, but now look what's happening. You know, there's all this focus on crash retrieval and whether or not the U.S. government has these programs and is doing this. They're saying that they do. Well, I would be that person that went out there and actually saw firsthand this stuff. Gary Nolan brought it back and studied it and he found it to be anomalous. And so, you know, and here you have like David Grush talking about it. Uh, today and of course people saying oh you know he's he's only talking about secondhand information where I was actually there <laughs> yeah mine would be then firsthand information what what did um what did the pieces look like that you found um yeah so they were um there were two types um one was it literally looked like frog skin that was metallic so and it uh it was you could crunch it up and it would go back to its former um shape um so we found a lot of that and then and it took us a long time to find that by the way and it was like buried underneath these rocks and things like that um and then we found another thing that looked like uh, it was a piece that had something like hair in it it looked like hair but it was thinner than hair and when um, gary did his analysis he found out that it was one piece of this thread that was wrapped throughout this whole thing. Like it was very odd. So these kinds of things. 